Welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm so thankful that you chose to listen along today. Um, It's such a blessing to have you here with us, and I pray that you're just drawn closer to the Lord as you study His Word, and um, I know that it's not because anything that I'm doing, but I know that if you spend time in His Word, you'll receive such a blessing. And I pray that he'll just continue to give you a hunger and thirst for more of that. Thank you for continuing to share with friends and family. And I would invite you to continue to do this as you feel so led. We have the truth, the the full truth in God's word. And our world needs that more than ever. And um, that's how we can encourage people to draw closer to him is to share his truth with he, with them. Well, on to more important things, the most important thing, and that is um, spending time in his word today and learning more about him. And so our verse for the day, our word for the day, comes from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. This is our our word for this day for February the 2nd, 2022. And that is a lot of twos. I just thought of that. That's really neat. Um, But anyway, I'll read it from the English Standard Version, and it reads as follows. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Oh, my goodness. There is so much good stuff in this verse. Um. But first, as if you've traveled along with me um, very long for these last, how many days would that be? 33 days. Um, You know that um, it's a good idea for us to get background. This is the first time that we've really parked in this book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. And so we're going to give a little bit of background about that. And I'm just so excited to jump in. So 1 Samuel is um, a book of history, and it talks about uh, Samuel, who was a prophet and a judge. And he was the one that God chose to anoint uh, the first um, human king of Israel. And the the books of First and 2 Samuel tell the story of uh, from where they moved from having judges, which the Lord had appointed to um, having kings. Our Samuel um, talks about the birth of Samuel and um, then God's uh, direction to him to anoint the first king of Israel, Saul, and then later uh, to anoint David. And it talks goes through uh, Saul's reign and his death, and then, and then much of Second Samuel is spent um, on the reign of David as king over Israel, and then um, the end of David's life. And so, this is a very important um, part of history, um, especially when you think about that um, in some of the prophecies. Um, about Jesus, about our Lord Jesus, it talks about that God would put someone on David's throne who would reign forever. And that King David, 
that's the David that we're talking about when he was an anointed king in these books. And then um, it's talking about Jesus that on that throne that reigns forever. And so it's kind of exciting when you think about that. And, and we talked about this before, but King David um, was listed in the scriptures as a man after God's own heart. And he wrote much of the, or many of the Psalms, our beloved Psalms that we read and um, and so this is really important to get this background. Um, we don't know for sure who the author is because unlike some of the books that we've studied, um, this one does not say Samuel wrote this or so-and-so wrote this. This is an interesting thing that I was reading in, in my study notes in the study Bible that I have. It, it said that um, originally it was just one book Um First and Second Samuel were just one book in the earliest Hebrew manuscripts, and they were later divided into two books uh, by the translators of the original Hebrew into the Greek. So that first translation, or the oldest oldest translation that we know of of the uh, those scriptures from Hebrew, sorry, I can't talk this morning to Greek, um, were known as the Septuagint. And then later there was the Latin Vulgate, and those are some of the earliest translations that we have. But they were they were split into two books or, or two separate books at that time, I guess, because there was so much. I don't know why they did it. Somebody made that decision. Um, but at any rate, we know that Samuel can't be the author of all of these because his death is recorded in First Samuel chapter twenty-five, and so. Um, there's a, a reference in Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 29, 29, um, that talks about, well, I'll just read it to you. It says, First uh, Chronicles 29, 29, now the acts of King David from, from first to last are written in the Chronicles of Samuel the seer and in the Chronicles of Nathan the prophet and in the Chronicles of Gad the seer. So there's some combination of these um, that whoever this author was probably used to um, combine this, but ultimately we know the author is um, God and that he inspired men to write this. And we know that because of what we learn in 2 Timothy um, 3, 16, and 17, that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And then also in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20, where Peter says, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So God inspired someone to write these books of First and Second Samuel, and um, we'll take it as that and know that it's such a blessing. We read in the beginning of First Samuel about Samuel, the birth of Samuel, and that's going to lead up to his mother praying this prayer, which I just love. Um, and I'll invite you to go back and read uh, chapters 1 and 2 of First Samuel when you have time. But the back story is, is that there was a, um, a man named Elkanah and he had two, or Elkanah, he had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah, and his one wife, Peninnah, uh, was able to have lots of children. 
but Hannah was not. And um, she was so troubled, and, and Panina made her feel bad about this. And so she had gone up, uh, her husband um, took them up to Shiloh, where they went to pray and offer sacrifices every year. And um, Hannah was so sad and so um, bereft in her spirit that she was praying. And the priest... Eli saw her praying and thought she was drunk because she was talking, but, uh, I mean, her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. And she tells him, no, I'm not drunk. I'm I'm just asking uh, of the Lord something. And um, he said, may the Lord give you what you've asked. And, well, let me just read Hannah's prayer because I think it's an important thing for us to know that we can come to God with anything with anything. And so first Samuel one, uh, chapter, uh, one verse nine, it says, after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now, Eli, the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant, and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. And um, and then later, Eli said in, chapter, in uh, verse 17, he said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And so later, they went back, Hannah was able to conceive, and when it was when the child Samuel was weaned, she brought him back to the temple because she had promised the Lord that she was going to lend him. So she says she's going to give him back um, for all the days of his life to serve there. Oh my, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? And what an example Hannah is uh, to us of... Um, that was just her worship back to God. She asked to God something, he gave it, and then she followed through on her uh, her end of the vow. But um, when she brings Samuel back, he sees Eli, and she says, um, beginning in chapter 1, verse 26, and she said, Oh, my Lord, and she's talking to Eli, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. And then uh, this is Hannah's prayer. And Hannah prayed and said, beginning in chapter 2, My heart exalts in the Lord. My, hor my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. So that was just our verse for the day. That was um, Hannah just erupting in praise and thanksgiving, even at what had to be very difficult. Um, but she truly, she knew God had heard her prayer. She knew that Samuel was that child that she had prayed for, and God heard her prayer, and so she was giving that praise back to him. And um, when we look at the words here, it says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. 
And as we read the rest of her prayer, we see that there are some elements there from uh, some of Moses's prayer. You know, we talked about Moses, um, I think, a couple of days ago um, on the January 31st episode. So if you haven't heard that and want to go back and listen to that background about Moses. um, But more than likely, it seems that Hannah would have heard some of these songs of Moses and and that's how her um, she would have been praying God's word uh, back to him which, which is what I encourage you to do in the way that we know that is that we're in his word and we study his word and um, we'll look at a couple of these now in Exodus and Deuteronomy where we can see where she may have um, had that in her heart those words hidden in her heart and that's what erupted back in praise to the Lord. So just to show you a couple of these, if we go back to Exodus chapter 15, verse 11, I believe it is, we find this in the midst of a song of Moses, and they called them songs. I don't know if if they sung these prayers back to God or or what, but um, it seems like that may have been the case. But we find this in Exodus 15, after the Lord had um, brought the Israelites across the Red Sea and um, saved them from the Pharaoh's army who was pursuing them. And um, the Red Sea was parted. Moses led them across. And then the sea went back on onto the um, Pharaoh and his chariots and his army. And he um, had protected the children of Israel. And as they, after they came across, then you see this uh, uh, song of Moses where he's giving the Lord praise and thanks and thanks and recounting all the things that just happened. And I would invite you to go back and read that in Exodus 15, even read a couple of the chapters leading up to that. um, And you'll see why they were just giving the Lord thanks and praise. But when you go over to chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse 11, it, Moses said, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? And that's a little g. uh, Among the gods. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? So right there, um, Moses talked about the holiness of God and was saying, who is who is like you? There's none like you. And Moses had had an encounter with the holy God because when he um, first encountered God at Um, at the burning bush, the Lord told Moses, take off your sandals for the ground on which you're standing is holy ground. And I'll have to look that reference up. I think it's somewhere about Exodus chapter 3, but give me just a second. Yes, it's Exodus chapter 3 that you can read that story of the burning bush. And um, Moses continued to have these encounters with God, and so he knew of his holiness, and he was saying, there is none like you. And so Hannah probably would have known this because she um, was married to an Israelite, Elkanah, or Elkanah, however you say his name, and um, they went up to worship the Lord at Shiloh. It sounds like they were very devout um, uh, believers, and so she um, would have known these stories in these songs of Moses, and we see her uh, recount another just in this statement where it says, 
Um, she said, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. And that comes from another one of Moses' songs in Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning in verse 4. In, um, at the end of Deuteronomy, this is coming up to the end of Moses' life, and it's right before the children of Israel are getting ready to cross over to the Promised Land. And Joshua is being named as the successor to Moses, and Moses is doing one um, final uh, teaching um, and proclamation to the children of Israel before they go over. And so he has these... Um, another song in which he's recounting the things that the Lord has done. And at the beginning of that, in thirty uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, um, he says, uh, Moses is saying, Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, and like showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. And then in, in verse 4, the rock. And in my um, translation that's capitalized, the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. So Moses starts this big, long song that he's getting ready to go in, um, describing the Lord as the rock whose work is perfect and all his ways are justice. And Hannah may have known of that. She may have heard that song over and over when they went to worship. And um, Moses continues in his song and then later um, gives a, a final blessing to Israel before um, God tells him to go up on Mount Nebo where he's going to die. And Moses was not uh, permitted to go with them into the promised land because he um, had not done something specifically the way the Lord had told him to. And we, we read that um, and, and we'll see something more about the holiness of God here. We read that here in at the end of Deuteronomy chapter 32. Um, well, yes, beginning in uh, verse 48, it says, That very day the Lord spoke to Moses, Go up this mountain of the Abiram, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite Jericho, and view the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel for possession, and die on the mountain which you go up and be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother died in Mount Hor and was gathered to his people, because you broke faith with me in the midst of the people of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, and because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the people of Israel. For you shall see the land before you, but you shall not go there into the land that I am giving to the people of Israel. So Moses was uh, not permitted to go into the um, promised land. He was only allowed to see it. And the Lord says, it's because you did not treat me as holy. Oh my goodness. And Moses was a servant, uh, a wonderful servant of him. and But there was consequences to his um disobedience and not treating God as holy in front of the people. And I think that's a lesson for us today. It's a lesson for me that, oh, may I um, treat him holy as I should. Um, but we go back here and we see that Hannah, uh, just out of this praise, out of this thanksgiving, she was um, just recounting that, that there was no, there is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. 
And then another neat thing, now this would have been after Hannah, so um, King David may have known about, um, I'm not sure if he would have known about Hannah's prayer, uh, or or this may have just been inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, because it was Samuel, her son, who anointed King David, King David. So, um, but David, the king, in one of his psalms, and I love this, it, this is a Psalm 18, it was, um, it says, to the choir master, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of his song to the Lord on the day when the Lord rescued him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, beginning in verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. And um, David goes on to continue to talk about God being the rock throughout that Psalm 18. And that is just so neat. Because later in the New Testament, we see Jesus say um, in Luke chapter 6, 46, and he also says it in another of the Gospels in Matthew chapter 7. But in Luke um, 746, no, 646, 646, he says, and this is Jesus talking, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood rose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Oh, friend, if that doesn't encourage you to be in God's word and know his word, hear his word, do his word, like we talked about, read his word, study his word, live his word and share his word. Build your foundation on this rock. There is no rock like our God, and there is none holy like the Lord. And the way that we're going to know Him more is that we spend time with Him and that we know His Word and that we do what His Word says. So I hope this has been an encouragement to you and perhaps also a challenge to um, treat the Lord more with the holiness that he deserves, that reverence and all that he deserves, and also to um, realize what a, what a wonderful foundation we have if we build our life on him and his word. And then, friends, when those storms of life, when the rain of life beats against your house and um, and you think it's going to be swept away, swept away by the flood, um, you have your foundation built on that solid rock, which is our God and, and our Lord Jesus. And um, it will be such a wonderful blessing and a comfort to you because Jesus says in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. <laughs> and so we can take heart because he has overcome the world. And um, I would just encourage you to just continue to spend more and more time with him each day, friend. And what may we be like Hannah, 
when wonderful things happen, when we see God answer prayer, may we erupt in praise back to Him. And you will find the more that you spend time in His Word, that those words, His words, will come from the inside of you back to Him. And um, I think He likes to hear those words um, because He put them in, inside of us. And I'm just going to close from uh, one of David's songs of deliverance. And we find this in Second Samuel chapter 22, beginning in verse, let's see, in verse 28. It says, this is David talking, You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop and... By my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. And then skipping over to Second Samuel 22, verse 50. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Blessings to you, friend. Until next time.